Welcome back to the Me and Mariah podcast, episode 10. If you're new, I'm Taylor, and I am here with the Courtney Love to my Kurt Cobain. No, wait, because that sounds like you're going to kill me. I'm here with the Nancy to my Sid Blake. That's not even, that's not better. Whatever. (laughs) Well, hi. Can you believe we've already been doing this for 10 weeks? I don't think I've ever committed to something for this long without being legally required to. I have, but I never saw myself doing a Mariah podcast. This has been a ride. (laughs) Well, our first guest has joined the closet. How you doing? (laughs) Mr. Dino. Hi, Dino. If you're nasty. (laughs) Happy to be here, Taylor and Blake. We've human centipeded someone before. And if you think you know what that means, then you're definitely a faggot. (laughs) Well, I guess it wasn't really a human centipede because I would have had to turn around. Anyways. Anyways. (laughs) Today we're talking about someone's ugly daughter. Not me. (laughs) Someone else. (laughs) That's the name of Mariah's alternative grunge album from 1995. She recorded it under the name Chick. Also, a quick shout out to Kurt, you little nasty, on Instagram. Thanks for sending me the files for this or else we wouldn't have had anything to listen to. Thanks, Kurt. Thanks, Kurt. (laughs) You're a real lamb. Without you, we would not have been blessed with this. Yeah, and once I figure out how to have guests that aren't physically in the closet with us, I'll let you know. We'll work on it. (laughs) Well, anyways, she recorded this in 1995, in between sessions for Daydream, just for laughs, with her friend Clarissa, Walter Afanasyev, and then other guys that were working on Daydream with her. She said in her book that she molded it after the breezy, grunge, punk, light white female singers of the time because they could be angry and messy which was a complete 180 from mariah who is very calculated with her image that's definitely the impression i got listening to it i'm really excited to dive into each song but the overall album was very much so like a rebellious anti-pop album like it was her outlet to explore what it felt like to not be perfect because i think she not only was she looking for perfection in her image, she was looking for perfection in her tone, her the like the um, her vocal style, and this was so different from her vocal style. Yeah, I can definitely see how she was influenced by those '90s white ladies in the punk rock scene. Like it's giving very much Courtney Love. Ugh, we hear the influences, yeah. and we admire them. Yeah, very very dirty nightgown unwashed hair smelling like a pig she said that she's trying to uncover the version of these songs that's just her lead on it and i would love to hear that she did uncover the underneath the stars video like she said she would so i'm sure we're gonna get it eventually i would love to hear that too because it was kind of frustrating because i feel like i could hear her the whole time she was just like on the cusp yeah and i couldn't buried yeah she's definitely there like undeniably but it's like Oh my god, it's almost like hurt my brain and like scratched it a little bit because I couldn't pinpoint exactly where she was. I had a comment about that. I noticed that she was hiding behind the instrumentals a lot. And I think it might have been on purpose because her lyrics were also not the same as her other music. 
It was very obvious to the point, punchy, not as poetic. So I think she was using it as a way to like hide behind it and deliver a more like poignant message. She obviously has some surprises up her sleeves and I did not know that she produced or was a part of a punk album. Did know you know right away? She kept it a secret for like 25 years. Yeah. We only just found out about it last year when her book came out. Dino, did you know? I had no idea. Yeah. So it's been out for a year. Well, do you think it was calculated to release it at this point in time? Well, she talked. Well, it's been released. It was released back then and then nobody ever cared. Like some people in comments said that they've seen that CD in like a $3 bin at like a drugstore. But nobody would know. But nobody knew that it was her because she's not on the credits or anything. It's just... So what happened a year ago? Why was it brought to light a year ago? Because she talked about it in her book. Okay, got it. Yeah. So it was like people... The cat was out. Found it. Yes. Well, we have a lot to say about each song. Track one, Joe. We did it, Joe. This gives me whole vibes. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. You know, they're friends, Mariah and Courtney. There's the connection, yeah. right? And I, I mean, they both hate Madonna, so what else would they talk about, though? I'm sure Courtney Love knows all about this. This one actually sounded a little bit more poppy to me than some of the other ones. Wasn't as, like, like punk. Yes, um, I agree. And definitely, like... Uh, man-hater sentiments throughout the whole song. Yeah, Joe's a creep. Joe's a, obviously a creep. And yeah, I actually kind of thought this song was badass because she was calling him out like very explicitly. Well, some of the lyrics are dirty dog, you smell like my mother, which I don't mm-hmm. know. And then sniffing at my feet, don't you try to treat me like a piece of meat. And calling him a stinky pig. And it, yeah. I've wanted to call a few people stinky pig. So I, yeah, I have been called a stinky pig. Yeah, thoughts on this one? I would... Say it's probably one of my more like. I think this one's one my, of my favorites. Yeah, I think it stands album. out because of the message mm-hmm. of like almost like swine from Lady Gaga, Very. like her testament yeah. about sexual assault and somebody who was a stinky pig. And more like a beat, a little bit more like enjoyable, I guess. Yeah. All right, so that's Joe. So moving on to love is a scam. I had a lot of things written down for this one. What do you got? Because I don't have much. All I thought is that I can see it being on VH1, like on one of those weekend countdowns, like on Sunday morning. But like it would be one of the first videos they play, like number 17 or something. You know. I was thinking number 18, okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's all, honestly, it's a good start to like what I'm going to see next, though. And it puts me in that mood. I felt like this one was a little bit poppy. It's kind of fast. Mm. And certain lyrics such as... I don't want to smell your funky feet. And she also <laughs> talks about not wanting to clip her man's toenails. Ugh. So I want to know, like, where that came from. Interesting. Okay. So, and also, I felt like there's a lot of subtle nuances of, like, relationship life that you don't really talk about or think about. She also talks about morning breath kisses. This may have been about Tommy. Ugh, and his morning breath kisses are probably and the worst. And his feet are probably Oh, those toenails. <sighs> 
I think they curl a little bit. Oh, I think they're like layered, like stacked like a Oh, you like think they're thick? thick? Yeah, yeah, and yellow. yellow. <laughs> Maybe a little fungus. Oof. Yeah, I was getting that 90s girl punk rock from this for sure. Um, and I was just thinking like, who was breaking your heart right now? And we were discussing probably Tommy for all of the songs. Her inflection really sounded different in this song to me. Like, how it sounds like there's that, like, UK punk influence that I think she was replicating. She had a little accent. I can hear that in her inflection. Her and Madonna have that in common, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's just move right along to Violent. I get violent waiting for you. Well, I get violent waiting for this song to end. <laughs> Let's be real. It's a filler queen. It's it was this one was not my favorite. I I felt like um the beginning, the guitar and the drums sounded a lot like Nirvana actually, so like more grunge. She had a funny lyric about Shaggy and Scooby. So like there was like a lot of her lyrics are silly. Like, they don't make sense in this album. We used to be like Shaggy and Scooby, Marilyn and Joe, Joni and Chachi. It's just She'd... silly. It's so silly. <laughs> like, why, Mariah? But I, I I don't know. I feel like that was her outlet because she's so used to using her vocabulary and, like, that kind of songwriting. And then yeah. here she gets gets to, like, let loose and be kind of like a kid. And dumb it down a little bit. Right. It doesn't have to be... It can be a little spoon-fed. It doesn't have to be... You don't need a refined palette to yeah. hear it. But there's still a message. Yeah, there's still a message throughout. She definitely loves cartoons. Now we're going to talk <laughs> Malibu. And not you, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> or Courtney Love. They have a, she has a song called Malibu. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there we go. I really liked the song. This was like a standout for this me. This was one of my favorite ones, too. It has a music video where she's like, Clarissa is playing with Barbies and there's a full band by the pool she's in a jersey and a backwards hat very 1995 grunge alternative girl I like the imagery about playing with Barbies I liked when she said, if I were Malibu Barbie and you were Suntan Ken, I'd dump your ass for G.I. Joe. Because I would too. Because he's he's macho. He's hotter. (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely like beauty standard commentary throughout this whole song. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's interesting now knowing more about her. She really does write what she knows. Like it's so personal for her. And we talked a lot about her struggles with the beauty standard. She was fighting back in these lyrics. Well, Walter, one of the producers that she worked with on this, said that in the beginning when she was coming up with the concept, it was basically that she was the goth Malibu Barbie. So is it kind of a, a big theme then? So she's like the Barbie that you would cut the hair. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. And like the rebel. Yeah, exactly. I had that Barbie. <laughs> she was like the cheaper Barbie, though. She wasn't like a main Barbie. Uh-huh. She was one that would get like at the 99 cents store. Yes. And yes. so I'm like, okay, she's a little bit more disposable where I can cut her hair. 
<laughs> and like paint do whatever on her. you want with her right but she was always the favorite and like Aww. wasn't she was <laughs> am i being vulnerable no. so for this one i said she understood the assignment and she did her homework that's right <laughs> she even got a little extra credit done in there she sure did good job mariah so the next song is demented The opening line of this song is, it's like being pregnant without pickles and ice cream. When my mom was pregnant, she ate pickles and string cheese. Not with me, really? with my sister. And I would eat them with her because I loved that shit. Interesting. My mom said she liked Cheez-Its and grapes. And I love Cheez-Its and grapes. I love Cheez-Its and grapes. My mom was hot Cheetos and dousing everything in red hot sauce. Specifically. Oh, I like And that. I love spicy food. That's why you're so spicy. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good right now. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so what do we have to say about that? Demented. Yes. Oh, I also forgot to mention. When Mariah was promoting Daydream, she talked about a song that she had written for it that was cut called The Crave Song. And she that's all she said about it was that it was a song that was never going to come out. Well, this is that song. She says, crave, I crave, crave you crave, crave. till I yeah. turn blue. And like pregnancy crave. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Interesting. Um, the only thing I really noticed with this song is you can hear her runs a little bit in the background. Like, mm-hmm. you get a little bit of, like, the Mariah we know at the beginning. The melodic we can hear Mariah. The yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then it's definitely more belty. She gets more into her voice in this song. I wonder what she was working on on Daydream while she was recording this one. Did she do this one at night? And she did daydream during the day. I was yes. wanting to say No, thing. that is what she said. Like, <laughs> actual okay. timing-wise. Like, right. how was it really and what consecutive? Day, and how did she split it up during the week? And how did I she know. become two different personalities I, going to the studio? She's good at that, though. She is. Bianca. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's always been there. Well, this was that's the true. start of Bianca. I totally think this is <gasps> Bianca origin oh, story. Yeah, She held yes. on to Bianca. Oh, my gosh. I also was wondering, did Tommy know she was recording this, or was yeah. this her own project? It was did he her let own. Her do it? He let her do it. It was her own thing, but it was under the like understanding that nothing was. Gonna, this was just her having fun, like her free time. Do you think he listened to it though? He did listen to it, and he didn't get it. I wanted to know about the people working on it with her too. If they if they got it, if they really understood why she wanted to do it, or like they understood the project, or they're like, well, it's Mariah, so like, yeah, I'm yeah, gonna say sure, yes we'll to do it. it. Or if someone was like egging her on, like. Let it out. Do your th- like. I feel like if one of them was egging her on, it would have been Clarissa. Clarissa. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's like her friend. I think so too. That makes sense. All right. So that was demented. So the next track is Freak. The first line of the song is a little controversial for 2021, but it's, I met a midget who was shorter than Elroy Jetson. He smelled like the kennel you keep your pets in because he didn't bathe for eight weeks at a time. And with an opener like that, you think she's, you know, slandering them. (laughs) But it, it turns out the whole song is about diversity. Yeah, because the second verse is met a drag queen that wore a teddy with a nice big plunging neckline and the chorus chants I like him or I, really, I like really her. like him. Yeah. yeah. And for the drag queen it's I like her and then it's he's a lot like you and she's a lot like you. 
So she was actually trying to unify everyone and show <laughs> that everyone's a freak. And there's another cartoon reference, Elroy Jetson. Yeah. Oh, and undeniably a Mariah line because she says, um, I don't know if he was black, white, or chartreuse. Love that. That's undeniably her writing. I'm not sure anybody who could fit the word chartreuse in <laughs> no, and just make it work yeah. in a punk song. I know. She's full of surprises, like but I said. definitely this shows her allyship, and mm-hmm. she was always ahead of her time, and honestly, always for the gays and for the, the, for the freaks. freaks. The others, yeah. Yeah. All right, the next one is Agony. Agony is about a person whose life is run by their own agony, and it's a part of them that they almost love it because it's such just ingrained in who they are. Agony and ecstasy are the same for you and me. That's my favorite line. This one's honestly a skipper, though. Yeah, Skip I, I agree. That's literally the notes I have is that one line. Yeah. <laughs> and that was more like enchanting. This one gave me more of the Cranberries vibe. This is where it's like a little more ethereal. And I thought she was harmonizing with herself. And my note for it was like, of course she's harmonizing with herself. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't trust anyone else to harmonize with her. But you said she was harmonizing with... Clarissa. Yeah. Clarissa. She I does could see why it, it would be with herself. Yeah. Nobody can sing does. at her wedding. Fucking nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody's going to sing on her alternative yeah. grunge album except yeah. for her and Clarissa. Yeah, Agony. I was a little in Agony listening to That's it. what I said. Yeah, she's a cute girl. But she's no Malibu. She's, she's no love is a scam. You you put <laughs> Agony next to Freak. Freak freeze- devours Agony. Exactly. So let's just move right along to Surrender then, shall we? Okay. Surrender is a cover, actually, of that Cheap Trick song. Mm-hmm. Before I realized it was, um, and this is actually the first song I heard from the album. Oh, really? So I was like, wow, this is so UK punk. Um, but I also, whoever was doing the instrumentals on it, were, they're all like a slightly softer than most punk albums. So I actually got like Avril vibes, like Avril <laughs> punk pop from this song, from the cover. So what you're saying is Mariah ran... So Avril could walk. <laughs> and I'm fully here for that. Exactly. <laughs> sure. Wait, isn't it the other way around? Mariah walks, so Avril could run. Yeah. Did yeah. Avril really run, though? <laughs> no, it was she, a light job. She yeah. skated. <laughs> and then she... <laughs> she skated. What happened then? 2007, she just came to a halt. Well, yeah. didn't she die and they replaced her with a lookalike? Yeah, after Hello Kitty, she died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any notes about it. It was an okay cover. I like it. That's okay. all I've got on it is that it was yeah, cute. I don't, it was I don't know who Cheap Trick is, sorry. Next, we're talking about Hermit. Oh, 
Kermit sounds to me like a scene transition from like a Sandra Bullock movie. She just moved into like a new house, probably on the lake. She's unpacking her stuff and what do you know? Somebody's at the door ringing the bell to introduce themselves. A nice neighbor. And then the song kind of fades out. That's what I pulled from that. I feel like that's the way your brain works. You always think of things in relation to like a moment, like an experience or like, (laughs) you know what I mean by that? Well, yeah. Well, you really painted it out for me. I'd go see that movie. (laughs) (laughs) I would too. I just, she kept saying antisocial, antisocial. I was thinking about her being trapped in that house during the Tommy days. Yep. This is a sing. It's her shell. It's her hermit. Seems like, yeah. Her hermit shell. Yes. Exactly. And I also was like, this could have been an anthem for 2020 when everyone was a hermit. We were all hermits. (laughs) We were all unpacking those boxes at the lake house. But no one was knocking at my door. Nobody was knocking. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that one was a good one. I liked it. Middle ground. So now we're going to move on to which was one of my favorite ones, Prom Queen. This one is very cherry bomb by the Runaways. Hello, Daddy. Hello, Mom. It's very also lyrically progressive for 1995. It's about a teenage trans girl that goes from age 16, dressing in her sister's clothes, to age 19, meeting a nice person that's going to help her with her gender affirmation. Yes. So it's like a full rainbow, a full spectrum of a metamorphosis, as Mariah would say. A transitional moment. Yes. A camouflagean moment. <laughs> a retro moment of gypsy whatever. <laughs> she changed the pronouns throughout. So like she it was did. very storytelling like. Um, and then I think it's cool that she had two songs that were very obviously about like just expressing yourself yeah. basically. The and non-binary. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I like that Mariah is able to talk about gender expression and gender fluidity and like in 1995 she's just always been she's always been for us she's always been that chick for the lgbt's (laughs) hi gay (laughs) (laughs) yeah i liked it and i liked the the again it was very storytelling like for me prom queen the whole visual yes it's i can be anything i want to be i can be prom queen again we're getting whole references too though yes you know yeah courtney love I, I still, I don't know, there's something to it. It's still really interesting interesting to me that she just spoke out about it a year ago after all this time in her book. Like, it's raising this newfound interest for this other side of her, right as rock, alternative, punk music is, like, resurfacing again. Right. It's interesting. I don't know. Now her and Willow Smith could do a song together. Now that now I would That listen. would be good. <laughs> all right. So the final song on Someone's Ugly Daughter is called Stork. Orphan in my room. This one could have been called Agony, too, because it was very repetitive. 
not my favorite, but yeah. I think the album, I think the title has meaning to Mariah. Yeah, it was like, very about like her not having a parent, yeah, like a father like or a mother. In even though she has parents, well, we know about how they were. Well, her dad was okay, but the mom was a little. She a little felt off. abandoned in a few different ways, and like the main lyric that I picked out was "Where are you, father, dear?" And it's obvious that it had a lot to do with her family turmoil. Um, I like. Style-wise, you could hear her voice more in this one, so it was more clear. Um, I was getting a little Atlantis, actually, in uh-huh. Cranberries from this one, too. More, like, <laughs> slow. Um, but this is before Alanis came out. Oh, interesting. Okay. At this same time, Alanis Morissette was working yeah, was on like, her debut. Around... Oh, okay. So they're both, like, like recording. Yeah. Yeah, right now she Daydream... was dick in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> With one hand, in yeah, her, uh, one hand in her pocket. Yeah. Um, I actually liked the song. I like the more moody stuff so I, I liked it going back to surrender i just remembered that there's a lot of mom and dad talk yeah it's mm-hmm. like that's the most repetitive mm-hmm. like lyrics in that song this is very much a teenager in their bedroom with their electric guitar mad at, at mm-hmm. their parents a dirty flannel mad at some their dogs school. yeah that's oh, me okay. that was me that was so me <laughs> maybe a bowler hat and a wolf sweater <laughs> that never <laughs> left my head <laughs> all right well that's that's all, the, all songs. the songs. We did Any, it. Any like last thoughts of the whole album we want to share? I just can't wait to hear it with like a remastered version with her voice up front and center. I just want to hear more about her thought process behind the album. Like, why did she venture into this genre? Is she still inspired by it in any way? Does she enjoy this type of music in her own personal life, like, secretly? I think she does. I think she likes classic rock. Like, everything. Because well, she covers Open Arms by Journey. Without oh. You, Badfinger, Bringing on the Heartbreak, Def Leppard. You're right. Right. Yeah. Like, I definitely think she is well-versed in music in general. Yeah. So I think during the, like, at the time, she was definitely listening to, like, Because that was what yeah. was... That was popular, yeah. That's what I was going to say, is, like, I was shocked at first to hear she did this, but at the same time, the music that was peaking at this time was really varied, and so, like, her actual, like, radio influences could have very much pushed her in this direction. And she had started a new record label of her own, and I think she was trying to explore different genres and try to be like, what can I get into my circle? Yeah. I wonder if you can find these CDs... Or albums anywhere. You can and find them on eBay, so, and they're are like they expensive, like eight hundred bucks. I oh, remember fuck. seeing them like sell out when she talked about it because yeah. there was a few on Amazon. Interesting. So did she say she intended to release, but this was just for fun? Yeah. So she never wanted to. Well, like, when actually... she made it, it was going to be released for Clarissa, right? As and chick. who? What was her um, pen name? She's listed in the credits as Chick as the producer, and then D Sue. I don't know what it stands for. And then Walter is W. Vlad. And then Clarissa is just Clarissa Dane. Where's she at? What's she doing? Yeah, what is she doing? Clarissa, if you're out there. If you're listening. (laughs) Well, it was fun listening to that. But I will stick to the regular Mariah. Just, you know, for personal preference. But, you know, it was nice to see a different side of my queen. If you've listened, let us know what you think. She has so much range and diversity Mm -hmm. that she can really kind of make any kind of record. And that's why she's our, she's our girl. 
That's the Mimi. I just love the more I find out about her, the more um, she surprises me. The the more that I know, the more there is to know. Yeah. Because, Mm -hmm. like, that's all I have to say. She's the best. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Dino, for coming. Thanks for having me. That was fun. I know. I want to do this again. That You'll was be really back. fun. We'll be back. As an elephant heavy. I'll be back, baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, join us next week where I'm going to be breaking down my experience at the Charm Bracelet Tour in 2003. <laughs> Get ready. Yeah, back to the classic Mariah. I need, a, I need more education with classic Mariah here. It'll be fun. Yes. Well, until then, love ya. Bye. Bye. Anyway... We will talk to you soon. We're going to be checking in soon. Just want to check in and let you know that you're making me happy. Okay, love you much. Bye.